Oh, 
After 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Hashem, Sheves Chaverim with Me'en Olam Haba, Raku done by Ari Goldwag, Shamayim had Or Chadash, Kari Bone done by Schlockrock, Moshe Dawoodi out of Israel with Lachshok Elecha, Oseh Shalom, that was Waterbury, our friends up, up, up in Waterbury, Yisrael Jeskowitz, Asher Bara, Lachad Odi done by Leif Tahar, Udi Davidi's Kari Bone, Boker Tov, that was Mordechai Shapiro, and of course Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Friday on this February the 5th, day 23 in the month of Shvat, the year 5781. Tufshin Pei Aleph, Erev Shabbos Parshas Yisro with candle lighting time at 458 in New York. 458, make sure you know when things start where you are. Again, 458 here in New York City. When is sunset today in New York? 519. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. So I guess most people are calling for uh, candle lighting at 5. Let me just check what this calendar says. Most would say five, right? Um, but because we have a tradition of announcing an earlier time, moving things up by a couple of minutes just to make sure everyone gets where they need to be when they need to be. So we're going to call uh, we're going to call uh, candle lighting today for four fifty eight. Wow, interesting. But if you need till five. That should be fine. Uh, 40 degrees, 40 degrees, 67% humidity, winds are south at 4 miles per hour, mostly cloudy with occasional rain and a high of 43. Clouds tonight, low 31, mostly sunny for Shabbos, a high 43 degrees. We're talking about snow here in New York for Super Bowl Sunday. How do you like that? 54 right now in Yerushalayim. We're at 40 in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Speaking of Super Bowl Sunday, Kosher Halftime Show 2021. A show that could only be in early 2021, I hope. <laughs> I hope it's not a show that's appropriate again for next year because of COVID, right? It's a show that's going to have a COVID theme to it. Get ready for that. Uh, but anyway, Kosher Halftime Show 2021 coming up uh, this coming Sunday, starring 8th Day and Mayor K. And uh, we present it to you with all of our great commercial sponsors, and I thank all of them. Uh, we present it to you um, courtesy of our friends at the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com. They present the Kosher Halftime Show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, get ready. And what do you do? It's very simple. Go to NahumSiegel.com. On, uh, go to NahumSiegel.com on um, Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. It'll be up there on the website. Go to our YouTube channel. <coughs> go to our social media. Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, you'll see it everywhere, hopefully. And share it. Spread it around. And watch it whenever you want. You don't have to watch it Sunday night. You can watch it whenever you want. But 8 p.m. Sunday night, it becomes live. Um, the Kosher Halftime Show 2021. And we're looking forward to it. Boy, are we looking forward to it. Man, are we looking forward to it. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Let's get those comedy segments ready. We bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Adar. Friday and Shabbos of next week. Rosh Chodesh Adar. Friday and Shabbos of next week. And because next week is also Shabbos Shkolem, right? Isn't it Shabbos Shkolem next week? Uh, yeah, Parsha Shkolem. I believe we have three Sifrei Torah. I believe we have three Sifrei Torah next week. Uh, anyway, before we get to next week, tomorrow we bench Rosh Chodesh Adar, Rosh Chodesh Adar, 
is a two-day Rosh Chodesh, Friday and Shabbos. Friday and Shabbos, two-day Rosh Chodesh Adar. So keep that in mind. Follow our friends on uh, Twitter at um, at Tidbits Jewish, Jewish Calendar Tidbits, at Tidbits Jewish. Jewish Calendar Tidbits, at Tidbits Jewish. They keep you up to date on uh, things like uh, we bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow and Rosh Chodesh is Friday and Shabbos. They'll even tell you the molad, which is sometime Friday evening, I believe, next week. Anyway, so that's the story with that. Get ready, Rosh Chodesh Adar. I can't believe this, that we are literally on the doorstep of Rosh Chodesh Adar a year later, a year later after the start of this whole COVID thing, a year later. Unbelievable. So unbelievable. Um, anyway, get the comedy segments ready, and let's hope for some joy and happiness, a lot more joy and happiness coming into our lives as Adar approaches. And um, and it, what was I, gonna, I, was, I was about to say something about it. In, in addition to getting the comedy segments ready. Um, but I guess that's it. Just we'll, we'll, we'll get those segments ready, and hopefully we'll have... Oh, yeah, that was the thing I wanted to mention. Thank you. I thought I was losing myself there for a moment. Uh, our friends at Partners in Torah, they have come up with a great concept as Adar approaches. A, a great concept. The Happiness Challenge. A three-week journey of learning, connecting, and growing with secrets of true happiness. If you have not yet taken the happiness challenge as Adar quickly approaches and the holiday of Purim is three weeks from today. Well, I have to ask Mayor Weingarten if he'll sit in for me three weeks from today. The holiday of Purim is three weeks from today. The happiness challenge has been introduced to start this coming Sunday right after we bench Rosh Chodesh Adar. Go to partnersintorah.org slash happiness dash mentor partnersintorah.org slash happiness-mentor and take the happiness challenge. You'll be glad you did. It's going to be inspiring. It's going to be, uh, it'll be something that really adds a wonderful element to your life. Partners in Torah in general does that. But now with this, with the, uh, with the uh, amazing happiness challenge, even more so. Um, partnersintorah.org slash happiness-mentor. Go for it. Go for it. You'll be glad you did that, I could tell you. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. This is Ellie Gerstner with this new selection. Don't forget, we've got plenty of information coming up as we get closer and closer to the Haas concert. And... Um, we have to talk about the Arts Girl sale, which we will later on with our Megadalia's Lotto. It's just a lot to do here on a Friday morning era of Shabbos at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Heart is Alive, done by uh, Moshe Hachter, Eli Gerstner, and Shlomo Shachter with Hodulo. May Ain was from the uh, Sheves Chaverim group here at J.M. in the A.M. Good morning, all. Thanks for joining us. Erev Shabbos Parshas Yisro with candlelighting in New York at 4.58. Rosh Chodesh Adar is going to be Friday and Shabbos. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow, Rosh Chodesh Adar. Is going to be Friday and Shabbos of next week. Um, this portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Enjoy a 10% discount on all Abel's and Hyman products at kosherdogs.net with promo code RADIO. A&H has been serving the kosher world since 1954. A&H products are available at Better Kosher Supermarkets nationwide and I'm laughing because yesterday yesterday after my conversation with Seth Levitt earlier this week I walked into uh, Aaron's Casino Farms yesterday uh did a whole host of good shopping I must say as you could do at Aaron's 
They have everything over there. It's amazing, and their customer service is great. Really long lines checking out yesterday, but I don't think they had a choice. It was like everybody was, they had every lane open and, you know, two people on a lane, and still it was, there were so many people there. My gosh. And they've got the new nut display, you know, where it looks like, you know, uh, you're purchasing nuts and dried fruit and candy and stuff from an Israeli shook, which is really cool, really nice. Anyway, I walk into Aaron's straight to the A&H display, as I had discussed the other day, and I got one of those massive salamis for Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> I said to myself, I don't know if we need it, but you never know. You never know. You may need a... Uh... <laughs> You may need a massive salami to tide you over, especially if it's going to be a close game. Who knows? It may go into overtime. Uh, I want to remind you that our friends at Turo College have a special shear by Hagon Harav Usher Weiss, offering halachic guidance and words of inspiration for medical and healthcare professionals. Pre-med and pre-health students are welcome and CME credits available. Register now for this complimentary program happening this Sunday, turo.edu slash ravweiss. Turo.edu slash Rav Weiss. And that happens this coming Sunday. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Round the world, the web at NahumSingle.com and the Single Network. And, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Got our news from Israel coming up. And plenty more. Don't forget the NCSY raffle is that two weeks from Thursday we'll be announcing the winners for the summer NCSY raffle. Go to summer.ncsy.org for information. Summer.ncsy.org. Galetzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for our Friday next to JMN. Galetzal, Shalom Rav, Baulpan, El Azar, Ben Lulu, Im, Mashakoreach Shav. Erua Yeri, Bekafar Kana, Shnei Pzuim, Beoch, Benoni, Vakal, Nifzu, Bemivnel, Stifat, Klei Rechev. Mipotim Rishoni, Moleki, Rochev, Katnoa, Patach, Beyeri, Levram, Venimlat, Mehamakom. Shnei Punu, Lebetholim, Poria, Bitveria. Katabenu, Kobi, Mandel, Moser, Shea, Shotrim, Shuznaku, Lazirata, Erua, Igulamakom. Betofka, מאוד בני אדם משתתפים בשעה זו בהפגנה מול תחנת המשטרה באומל פחם במחאה על היעדר אכיפת האלימות והפשיעה בחברה הערבית. בעקבות המחאה כביש 65 נחסם לתנועה בשני הכיוונים מצומת מי עמי לצומת מגידו. כתבנו לענייני החברה הערבית אורון קדוש מוסר שבמהלך סוף השבוע צפויים מספר אירועים והפגנות נוספות במחאה על התפשטות האלימות והפשיעה מוקדם יותר במרכז עדאלה המרכז המשפטי לזכויות המיעוט הערבי בישראל דרשו מהיועץ המשפטי לממשלה ומהמפכ"ל להורות למשטרה שלא לפזר את המחאות ולהימנע משימוש בלתי חוקי בכוח משרד הבריאות מעדכן על 7,168 מאומתים חיוביים חדשים שהובחנו אתמול לקורונה. 46 חולים נפטרו במהלך היממה החולפת. מפרוץ המגפה מתו 5,019 ישראלים כתוצאה מסיבוכי המחלה. מקדם ההדבקה בעלייה ועומד על אחד. את הנתונים ריכזו כתבנו יובל שגב ושחר גליק. וברקע הנתונים הללו, הסגר הוארך עד ליום ראשון בשבע בבוקר. אז תבוטל הגבלת מרחק אלף המטרים, ייפתחו מקומות העבודה ללא קבלת קהל וכן המספרות ומכוני הטיפוח. פתיחת החינוך לגיל הרך תוסכם במתווה שיגובש בין משרד הבריאות לבין משרד החינוך. היום צפויים לאשר השרים את סגירת נמל התעופה בן גוריון למשך שבועיים נוספים. כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסרה וולברג מוסרת שבראשון תתקיים ישיבת ממשלה נוספת להמשך הדיון על תוכנית היציאה מהסגר. 
כמה עשרות מפגינים התקבצו בשעה האחרונה בגינה ציבורית הסמוכה למתחם מגורים חדש ברחוב צ'לנוב בתל אביב במחאה על התנכלות לילדי הקהילה הזרה המגיעים למקום להשתמש במתקני שעשועים. בימים האחרונים מאבטחים הגיעו לגינה והרחיקו את ילדי הזרים לדבריהם בעקבות גרימת רעש. כתבנו בן נצר מוסר שלטענת המוחים לא כך הדבר ומדובר במדיניות גזענית המופגנת מטעם תושבי השכונה החדשים. ברוסיה הקרמלין הגיב לראשונה לנאום נשיא ארצות הברית ג'ו ביידן אמש בו התווה את מדיניות החוץ שלו. לטענת דובר הקרמלין דמיטרי פסקוב השיח של ביידן היה תקיף ולא יעיל. עם זאת פסקוב הבהיר כי רוסיה מעוניינת לשמור על מערכת יחסים הדדית עם ארצות הברית. כתבת חדשות החוץ ציון סימפסון גרוסמן מזכירה כי ביידן הצהיר אתמול שארצות הברית תפסיק להעלים עין מול פעולותיה של רוסיה. כמו כן שר החוץ של רוסיה סרגי לברוב הגיב על ביקורת האיחוד האירופי בדבר כליאתו של מנהיג האופוזיציה אלכסיי נבלני וטען שהאיחוד ורוסיה חלוקים בנושאים רבים ושאם המצב יחמיר עלולות להיות לכך השלכות חמורות כך לדבריו מזג האוויר בהמשך היום ירדו גשמים מלווים סופות רעמים. קיים חשש שיטפונות בנחלי הדרום והמזרח. הטמפרטורות תהיינה רגילות לעונה. לקראת ערב הגשם ייחלש בהדרגה. מחר תחול עלייה קלה בטמפרטורות. באלה זמני כניסת השבת, פרשת יתרו, שבת מברכים לחודש אדר. בירושלים ב-4.37, בתל אביב תיכנס השבת ב-4.58, בחיפה ב-4.46, ובבאר שבע תיכנס השבת ב-5 בדיוק. בין הזמני צאת השבת מחר בירושלים ובחיפה ב-554, בתל אביב ובבאר שבע תצא השבת ב-556. לכל מאזיננו, שבת שלום, אלה החדשות.
J.M. and the A.M. Micha Gammerman with Rock Simcha. Friday morning on this era of Shabbos Parshas Yisro. We will bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow, Rosh Chodesh Adar next Friday and Shabbos. J.M. and the A.M., a big thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm. They are sponsoring and presenting again our Kosher Halftime Show 2021, starring 8th Day on February, oh no, it's February 7th, 8th <laughs> Day for the 8th year at 8 p.m. Eastern Time this coming Sunday night. Kosher halftime show with the eighth day this coming Sunday. And of course, Mayor Kay. Um, want to thank the Rothenberg Law Firm. Want to thank uh, InjuryLawyer.com. Want to thank um, Kosher.com, Turo College, Lander College, Hask, A Time for Music 34, SameMazeltov.com, Steinreich Communications, and all the sponsors of our kosher halftime show. Harry Rothenberg has words about uh, Parshas Yitro. And uh, here he is on a Friday morning Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM. Moses, Moshe, reunites with his father-in-law Yisrael, and he tells him about all the incredible things that God has done for the Jews throughout the Exodus. Yisro is so happy for the Jews, he converts to Judaism, and he tells Moshe that now I know that God is greater than all the other gods, because he did to the Egyptians exactly what they conspired to do to the Jews. What does he mean? The commentators explain that he's referring to not just the ten plagues, which were exactly calibrated to punish the Egyptians in the manner in which they had tormented the Jews, but also specifically to the parting of the sea. The Egyptians who had previously drowned the Jewish babies were now drowned themselves. Yisro couldn't help but be amazed at the fact that with any other nation, its leaders, its kings, its god, its angel, doesn't care how it wins. When it's in a war, it just wants to stomp the enemy, win by hook or by crook, by gun or by sword or by nuke. But here, in contrast, God was careful to make sure that his punishment of the Egyptians was exactingly appropriate, exactingly fair. Mida keneged mida. He treated the Egyptians exactly the same way that they had treated the Jews. No Egyptian could complain that God's punishment wasn't fair. And it was a lesson for the Jews and the rest of the world at just how exactingly fair God is when he doles out reward and punishment. It may be easy to see at times when things are going well. Hey, I deserve that. Or it may be difficult to see when things are going bad. Suddenly, we're wondering, what did I do to deserve that? You'll find out in the next world, everything God does is fair. Sometimes it's 
painfully fair. Sometimes it's excruciatingly fair, but it's fair because it came from him. It's all good and it's all fair, no matter how it looks to us in our short-sighted vision. And we have to be careful not to hoist ourselves accidentally on our own petards. I heard a story once about a young yeshiva student who was flying home to the States from Israel for the vacation break, and he was saying goodbye to his rabbi. And his rabbi said, when's the flight? And the student said, tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. And the rabbi smiled and he said, I hope you missed the flight. And the student said, Rebbe, why do you hope that I missed the flight? He said, I'll tell you why. Because throughout the year while you were at yeshiva, we know you were never able to make it to morning prayers. You always slept late. So if you miss your flight, if you oversleep, you'll be showing God. You just can't get out of bed in the morning. But if you make your flight, you'll be showing God you really can get up out of bed when you want to. So we have to be careful. God indulges all of our excuses. We had a late night after a work or personal or family event. And the next morning, we just could not get out of bed for prayers or for study. God understands. But when we get up to the pearly gates, he's going to show us that movie of our late night and us sleeping, hitting the snooze button the next morning. But then he's going to cut to another scene of us with a similarly late night. And then the next morning, the alarm clock going off and us bolting out of bed for an early tea time or to make a flight for a vacation, showing we really can get out of bed when we want to. And when that happens, when we see that second scene, Houston, we've got a problem. Jubilation permeates the still of the land as Shabbos enters every Jewish town. Full of love for Hashem, our hearts fill with joy, bursting forth with the Zmirai sound. The Shabbos Malka is a holy queen, a greater goal she makes a stream from past and future. We sing praise of Nisim done throughout our day. They should be happy dancing in the street, wild rejoicing, what a treat having Shabbos visit. Our lives for her Shabbos are Nishama One peaceful Friday night The table decked in white The gloom and darkness of gallows Seem lost in the candle's light Entranced by the brilliant glare A young boy pondered he dreamed of a world of Kiddusha, where Shabbos is kept everywhere. With Zmirais and learning and bright candles burning, my weekly Nechama lifts up my Nishama for Shabbos. So dead.
the whole world is waiting to sing the song of Shabbos. The whole world is waiting to sing the song of Shabbos. The flowers and the trees sing the song of Shabbos. The valley and the mountains sing the song of Shabbos. And I am also waiting to sing the song of Shabbos. I am also waiting to sing the song of Shabbos. With his long and curly hair, stood there for a while, broke out with a smile, emotion, overwhelming joy, with tears. The men were dancing there, their hearts so full of love. They sang such happy tunes to thank the one above for showing them the way. Giving them a day to rest, rejoice with peace of mind to pray. Just one Shabbos and we'll all be free. Just one Shabbos, come and join with me. We'll sing and dance to the sky with our spirits so high. We will show them all it's true. Let them come and. Sunsets over the clouds As the world stands so still Not a sound But listen carefully You can hear the whispering Announcing the arrival 
of the Shabbos queen. The candles reflecting the joy on the faces of every girl and boy. Mother prays there silently. Children sing as the Shekhinah descends to fill the world with peace. Suddenly from the dark comes my Shabbos, my spark, and it's holiness lights up my soul. It's a treasure that makes me feel whole, and my spirit's sore, cause my heart feels at home. It's the time God made and my Yeshua J.M. in the A.M., the Shabbos medley from Baruch Levine's brand new one entitled Off the Record here at J.M. in the A.M. Friday morning on this Erev Shabbos, Parshas Yisro. Candle lighting 458 here in New York. Rosh Chodesh Adar is next Friday in Shabbos, so we'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. <clears throat> Again, a two-day 
Rosh Chodesh coming up next week. Rosh Chodesh Adar will be Friday. And Shabbos Kosher Halftime Show is Sunday, NahumSiegel.com, Facebook.com slash NahumSiegel Network, Instagram, NahumSiegel Network, our YouTube channel, WhatsApp. We're going to be sending it around, and I hope you'll be sharing the show. It's going to be uh, quite a performance by 8th Day, Mayor K, a COVID, very much COVID-like Kosher Halftime Show 2021. Yeah. The realities of these days. But it's a fun show, and I hope you'll enjoy, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, coming up on uh, <clears throat> just about 15 minutes from now, Malcolm Holmline, Executive Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. We'll talk about the uh, talk about the news of the week. And boy, there's a lot of news this week, isn't there? Always a lot of news. Oh, Yes. And we get to discuss it together coming up here on uh, JM and the AM just a few minutes from now. Want to remind you about ShopEichlers.com. ShopEichlers.com, number one, of course. They've got the 30% off sale for all Mishnah and Talmud from Art Scroll, a massive category you're going to want to check out. Go to the website at ShopEichlers.com. Plus, so many tens and tens of the works of Rabbi Dr. Tversky, who passed away and whose uh, memory continues to spur thousands of stories about his uh, incredible benevolent soul and how much he helped people over all these decades. Uh, all of his, uh, or at least the majority of his publications, available now at shopeichlers.com. Tens and tens of his works available at shopeichlers.com. Check it out. They also have same-day delivery. Borough Park, Flatbush, Williamsburg, Crown Heights, Staten Island, Queens, Five Towns, Far Rockaway, Muncie, Monroe, Teaneck, Lakewood, Toms River, Jackson. Check out their same-day delivery. I don't know anybody else who does that in all those neighborhoods, boy. ShopEichlers.com for details. Check it out. They've got a tremendous amount to offer. See what they have to offer by going to the web at ShopEichlers.com. Friday morning broadcast, JM in the AM, Erev Shabbos Parshas Yisro. Uh, Don't forget to to register for the Project Witness event. Project Witness has the two-day, fifth annual worldwide Holocaust conference. It's entitled Plunder and Profit, Pre-War Jewish Property, Post-War Looted Wealth. And uh, don't forget that that Monday night, February the 15th, they have, an, they have a special documentary appropriate for both adults and teens, which you're going to want to see. Register now by going to projectwitness.org. Again, register now by going to projectwitness.org. And uh, get ready for February the 14th and the 15th. Speaking of registering, by the way, don't forget that our friends at uh, Hask, a time for music 34, have an amazing lineup for February the 14th. That's that Sunday, February the 14th. Uh, first of all, they have a uh, 5 p.m. a time for memories two-hour presentation. I have the honor of being the host. And through that uh, program, you'll see why we were up at Camp Hask this week which everyone's making a big deal about because it was freezing in about two feet of snow. Uh, it was rough, uh, but it was fun. Um, then at 7 p.m., it's a time for Music 34, and in the middle, of course, this is We, the big presentation with Shulam Lemmer and uh, Ellie Schwebel. This is We. It's really a three-part amazing night planned for February the 14th. Register. It's all free. Register by going to haskconcert.com. Haskconcert.com. Again, it's a week from Sunday. Haskconcert.com. More coming up. It's JM in the AM.
Turn around, turn around and fight them Some say, close your eyes and pray Some wave a big white flag Screaming with surrender Some quit, calling it a day Just keep on moving, roll it on Don't stop for the ocean Keep on moving, waters fade away Keep on moving, roll it on Don't stop for the ocean Keep on moving till you find your way Just nothing about survival Some say Some hold on tight Screaming Can't change my nature Some say We just can't find our way Just keep on moving Roll it on Don't stop for the ocean Keep on moving Waters fade away Keep on moving Roll it on Don't stop for the ocean Keep on moving till you find your way Trusting him, waves are crashing, but we're coming in. Got my eye on the bright, won't stop for the lies. I'll be running down this path till he opens my eyes. Clouds are dark, I can't see a thing, but I wait to see the light that my faith will bring. If I seem a little distant 
with a twinkle in my eye. There's a very special reason you will find. Today is on a Tuesday, and the kids learn olive base. And you know that I got Shabbos on my mind. Yes, I walk against the many as they're groping in the night. And I've tried to share the Torah in a rhyme. And the boys are now bar mitzvah, and Wednesday night is here. And you know that I got Shabbos on my mind. Yeah, I think Shabbos is on everyone's mind. The great late Moshe, yes. The amazing Moshe, yes. With Shabbos on my mind. Uh, before that, you heard Eighth Day with Roland. They star in Kosher Halftime Show number eight. No coincidence, number eight with Eighth Day at 8 p.m. this coming Sunday night, Eastern Time. That's when we make the Kosher Halftime Show available on all of our platforms. Make sure to be tuned in. Eighth Day, Mayor K, all part of it. And a very, very positive, but appropriate for COVID Um kosher halftime show for this year i think it's the only i think only early 2021 is the only time you could do a show like we did and that we prepared so that's all coming up on sunday night thank you to the rothenberg law firm and all of our commercial sponsors rothenberg law firm presents the kosher halftime show injurylawyer.com and we thank them uh don't forget if you want to print out thousands of articles before shabbos about israel and the jewish world go to jewishworldreview.com jewishworldreview.com you'll find it to be an amazing daily resource but on Fridays, boy, oh boy, what a resource to print things out uh, to uh, enjoy and learn about over Shabbos. So check it out. Go to jewishworldreview.com. Malcolm Holmline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us Fridays for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Mr. Holmline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good to be with you. It's hard to believe it's another week past. It it really is remarkable. I said it to someone yesterday that, you know, as you get older, time flies in general and all that. But I think everybody in every generation feels that way every Friday night. It's already Shabbos again. It really is something. But uh, hopefully things will get back to normal and our schedules be more full with a lot of events and everything that we anticipate. Even as this first anniversary of the lockdown approaches. We bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. You know, Purim was the was when it essentially became a really serious threat here in the United States. And Purim is three weeks from today. So we are approaching the first anniversary, and boy, do we hope that we're going to be turning a corner soon. I still get this mis- mixed messages from Israel, by the way. Major article in the New York Times about how the vaccinations in Israel and the data uh, from all the vaccinations has now proven uh, that the vaccinations are going to work, at least it seems that way. Uh, are going to work against this pandemic. And then, of course, the lockdown continues. The airport remains closed. And even though they say the numbers are going down, Israel's not acting in a way that would indicate they're going down. Do you, do you think there's mixed messaging or they're just being overcautious? Well, I think there's a lot of mixed messaging generally. First of all, I hope that on this point, people have learned the lesson from last year. Yeah, let's When, hope. unfortunately, many people took sick. And, you know, when you see in some communities in London, they said that uh, more than half, maybe even two-thirds of the Haredi community has had it. Wow. Uh, we saw this week the death in, within a 24-hour period of four of the Gedolim. And the, I mean, all of these things should be wake-up calls. And people think because they were inoculated, 
that they don't have to wear a mask anymore. And it's just not true. And the message from Israel, where you already have 50% of the people perhaps have been inoculated and uh, they want to buy Purim or so they, they expect that the uh, vast majority over 16 and now they're doing children younger and younger and you're seeing even babies now susceptible to it. Oh, Pregnant women, we have tragic cases every day arising. So people, even if you have the shots, you can still be a carrier, they say. Uh, Israel's unique in the sense that because of the setup with the insurance companies, the health insurance, they are able to collect data better than anywhere else in the world, literally, and to analyze the impact and to follow the trends. And the, and the hope was to be able to lift the, the, uh, the lockdown uh, people, it, 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 for the economic reasons, psychological reasons, I know that people suffer greatly from it. And already after a year, a lot of um, uh, mental health experts are warning about the implications for young people and for older people. Mm-hmm. And the, so in Israel, they, are, they see that the lockdown has helped. It enables them to gain control because a single individual coming back can infect hundreds and hundreds of people. They have documented it. So the, hopefully the airports will open uh, gradually and the businesses will be able to start coming back in life. Maybe by Pesach will be, uh, be more or less uh, normal, I, although I don't think the hotels will be open yet by Pesach. I think more likely May and June we'll see um, the tourism business, and I know there's a lot of pent-up demand for people wanting to go, including me. That's an understatement. That is an understatement. And we we kept looking at Pesach, obviously, as being an important demarcation, but as much as a hotel could flip a switch in a way, you know, to to reopen or at least go through a slow um, uh, reopening, it's it's, it's impossible to do that for Pesach, obviously. So that that dream of having those hotels open by Pesach, I think, is completely uh, uh, unrealistic at this point. Uh, but hopefully right afterwards, as you say, and uh, and hopefully the data will continue to show that 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 they can defeat or or we uh, as a world that's vaccinating can defeat this pandemic and hopefully quicker rather than later. The other thing is that um, this this whole issue of what Israel's responsibility is regarding its neighbors. okay. I understand that Israel obviously has a responsibility to make sure that all of its citizens, Jew, Arab, other, uh, all get vaccinated. That makes sense. Their their residents and their citizens need to get vaccinated. What is their responsibility, if any, regarding the PA, uh, a group that essentially, I don't, I don't think anybody's been vaccinated there yet? Well, very few. And if they would stop paying hundreds of millions of dollars for the terrorists, and the uh, rewarding them for those who, who have killed Jews or, or have been involved in terrorism against uh, Israel. They could afford to, to buy it. They, they did order from Russia uh, the uh, Sputnik inoculation. But the, uh, the fact is that they were lax. You have to credit Prime Minister uh, Netanyahu, and I heard this from the head of one of the drug companies. Uh, he said, look, he himself got on the phone. Other heads of state didn't, but he got on the phone. He spoke to the companies. He ordered the stuff. He made sure that Israel got a supply. And even there, it, it's sometimes uh, uh, difficult to keep up, uh, even though they, they seem to be maintaining the, a, a, a process of inoculation, even if not at the same rate. Mm-hmm. So under the Oslo Accords, health responsibilities are the PAs, not Israel. And, and on top of it, the 
the PA, the Palestinian Authority, does not cooperate with Israel. <laughs> and Israel has offered it. And Israel provided PPE and other stuff all along, protection, protective equipment, other stuff, uh, throughout this period. And they, they get no credit for that. They don't get any acknowledgement that, that they've done it. They've also now given... I think the first couple thousand shots in there, they've committed to up to 20,000 uh, vaccinations for healthcare workers and first responders and others. But it's the negligence of the PA. It's not Israel's responsibility, neither in Gaza nor in the West Bank, to provide shots. Israeli Arabs get it in the same way that Israelis get it. Yeah. It's not that there's no discrimination, even if they're not citizens like East Jerusalemites could apply. Also, you can't hermetically seal off the territory. So, for Israel's sake, you don't you want to see as many Palestinians not, um, inoculated as possible uh, because they interact. They come to stores. They come into the parks. They, they, there is much more um, uh, opportunity to spread the disease again. Uh, so Israel has encouraged them to do it. But it's with everything else. You know, they refuse to take the tax money, and Israel gets blamed. They refuse to to cooperate on security. Israel gets blamed. When it's the Palestinian Authority, and now that they're headed to an election, they become again, we hear again the extreme statements and the declarations, where in much of the Arab world we're seeing that they are changing textbooks, that they are um, you know, picking up the spirit of the Abraham Accords, even if sometimes it's slowly. Um, but there, we don't see the change. And Israel can't shake this blood libel, for some reason, and I guess you know there are a lot of other cases I could cite, but for some reason this thing just continues to escalate, where Israel gets blamed for the PA and its citizens not getting inoculated, and and in the same breath they're all saying it's Israel's responsibility. That's the part that's so frustrating, as you just described. They're not responsible at all, but the enemy and those who hate Jews and Israel are using it as an opportunity to spread terrible things about the government of Israel. They have, and they you have members of Congress who have engaged in this and uh, didn't bother to check on the facts. Israel did put out an op-ed piece and some articles. They, they tried. No one wanted to publish it, where they told the truth about what, what they've done. I mean, literally, they shopped it around to different papers, and they didn't take it, new sources. Uh, finally, I think it was published, uh, uh, and now has gotten some circulation. But the damage is done. The blood yeah. bill has yeah. been made. Yeah. That in the UN and other places, including Congress of the United States, the charge in calling on Israel and and, and using it as a as a battering ram against them, um, and yet you don't hear the apologies. To well, we didn't know, we didn't understand, and that you'll never hear. Yeah. All right. The election lists are now complete for the election coming up on the twenty third of March. Any observations, anything unusual? What did you learn from the lists that were submitted this week? Nothing much. I mean, there were no mergers. There were a lot of divorces. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I don't think that there was much to, to highlight in terms of, of what the decisions that were made. Well, Smotrich uh, and When ben you see oh, the people sorry. who have disappeared from the scene, you remember how when Khuldaid, the mayor of Tel Aviv, came in, eight seats right away. Right. And, and I in the show said, just wait and see, it settles down. You see the same thing with uh, labor. You see the same thing uh, now that the they were not able to merge with the, the other parties. Uh, and the reason for the merger and why Netanyahu encouraged uh, others to merge is not to lose the votes, because if you don't reach the 3-2 uh, 
right. 3.25%. Those votes are lost. It's right. not like they get handed. So this way, if you merge in parties that are marginal, each one brings 2%, then you get to the four, and, and you get those seats. So I don't know, that, you know, and, and how the media played it, that there's a, a, an anti-Netanyahu majority, and they, but they lump together parties that will never sit together in a government. You'd have to assume, right? You'd have to assume they wouldn't sit together. Although, no, it's although pretty Le- good, safe assumption. Right, that, although, that, although, although, they, Le- although Lieberman gave indications last time that he might be open to some crazy ideas, so... Who yes. knows? But because well, pop- the religious parties are not going to sit right. with some of those parties. Others right. are not going to. So it's right. not a politics makes strange bedfellows, but only to a certain extent. Yes. Smotrich and Ben Gvir being together does that guarantee finally that that group of what we'd call now right wingers, you know, have the possibility of gaining seats in the Knesset? It enhances it. That's why Netanyahu uh, encouraged it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it becomes a flashpoint. That honest, uh, as they call them, or um, that it that an extreme right party, right. but that makes everybody else look more moderate. Right. So, <laughs> you know, if you keep introducing more extremes on left and right, then everybody else appears to be in the center. Yeah, that's worked in this country, hasn't it? Uh, <laughs> to a large degree. Um, and uh, and Bennett. I mean, so everything aside from those two, right? This combination of uh, Smotrich and Ben Gvir. Aside from those two running as first and third on their list. Um, that's basically it. I mean, Bennett will run as an independent party. Gidon Saar, Netanyahu, right. obviously, Avigdor Lieberman. I mean, it's sort of like, I mean, this is, I guess, why you reacted the way you did when I first asked you. It's sort of like what we've seen a couple of times before already. You know, unless there's a major shift in Israeli, you know, electorate voting that we're not aware of. You know, and again, polls are very inaccurate, as you always tell us in Israel. But unless there's a major shift, we're sort of on the same road that we've seen the previous three times. And that's why Israelis keep telling me that their greatest concern is not the outcome, but the fifth election. Oh, gosh. And, oh, gosh. And, uh, it's not something that oh, anybody gosh. could look forward to. I think that the um, – and when you see how many people who are, are probably not going to be around already, we know Eisenkant didn't run, right. and Yalon. Right. I mean, people who had following and who uh, have served Israel. Gantz is barely uh, in Gantz there. is, is right. probably uh, finished. Um, uh, Kabi Ashkenazi is not running, uh, and um, others. What happened to the life? What happened to the lifelong government people? <laughs> How did we get into this era where people dip their toe in and then leave after a year? <laughs> well, it's the nature of the system, also that people can just proclaim, you know, the party, and then they become the media loves them for the immediate time. And Netanyahu is a political genius. Uh, he. he seems to always um, play it right or strategize right. Uh, but the media loves to latch onto somebody new, and they make them the focal point and saying they're the next one, they're the one who can challenge and who can beat Netanyahu when there's no evidence right now that there, there's a coalition to defeat him. Right. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and NachumSiegel.com and the NachumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app, Kosher Halftime Show, brought to you by the Rothenberg Law Firm this coming Sunday. Do what everyone's going to be doing on Sunday night during halftime. Make sure to watch the Kosher Halftime Show. We should mention, by the way, the U.S. Senate has voted to keep the embassy in Jerusalem. I assume a formality, but you want to know something, Malcolm? When I read it, I said to myself, with all the things that President Biden has eliminated from the Trump agenda, you can't take this for granted that the Senate went ahead and kept the embassy in Jerusalem. Well, first of all, he did commit to keeping the embassy in Jerusalem and to um, 
and the recognition of Jerusalem. We have seen some statements this week about um, the, the specialness of the relationship, but at the same time, uh, greater outreach than pledging to renew the aid to the Palestinians and opening up their office in Washington again, and you know certainly a different tone. And do you know attitude. if he's spoken to Bibi yet? Has, Army? He, has he spoken to the prime minister? No, he has not. Wow, that's but unusual. There have been connect, uh, contact between uh, Jake Sullivan. I think he's the um, Tennessee, or someone else with uh, with Israel, but um, you know there there are many other leaders that didn't oh, okay. uh, get calls yet. And is it a message? We'll only know in time. Is it um, you know is it part of process? Just that he's he's overwhelmed. Uh, but if you look at the list of leaders who didn't get calls yet, it's. Um, it's not unusual. Wow, interesting. Uh, we should, and, and by the way, so many people have asked me to ask you this. I mean, we see what happened yesterday. Uh, a member of the United States House of Representatives stripped of her, you know, committee memberships. I mean, there are there are some pretty hateful people on both sides of the aisle, and I say this specifically in this forum because a lot of them are anti-Israel and are very very clear about their BDS feelings. I, I mean, should should there be an effort? Uh, from Jewish leadership and from uh, from Israel-loving members of the United States House of Representatives to silence them as well and maybe strip them of their committee memberships? Well, I hope that the, there will be greater demand for equitable treatment, uh, that someone who, who made the statements, including anti-Semitic statements um, that Taylor Greene made, right. uh, that now others will be held to account not just on on statements of the anti-Semitic nature, but of you know hostile natures or lying about uh, things. That there has to be greater accountability. And and as you said, there are those who uh, have always gotten a pass one way or another, or always find an excuse for. Not everybody should be held to account for something that they said when they were a college student or an event that they participated in. That people can say that they made mistakes, and if they publicly address it, but more importantly, by their behavior, show that they really were not uh, the, the person that uh, that did it. So I don't think every time uh, somebody dredges up something from the Internet that that person should then be subject to uh, public humiliation or, or expulsion or whatever, but certainly those who have consistently engaged in pro-BDS and, and ho- very hostile comments towards Israel and anti-Semitic remarks do have to be held to account. And now that somebody from the right, so maybe they will feel the obligation that people who are from the left will also be held to account. Well, I hope there'll be somebody in Washington brave enough to speak up and, and start that campaign. And you know, the administration did say and, and uh, that they adopted the IRA definition of anti-Semitism and will actively pursue it. And uh, that covers and gives you the gr- a base for judgment, which is the importance of the IRA definition, that it, it and it gives case examples of uh, of what is anti-Jewish hatred, better word than anti-Semitism, right. and the uh, so hopefully that will will mean something too. Uh, the UN Secretary General is calling for an international peace conference, bringing back the quartet to get involved. Uh, I mean, we we know that this four-year respite from all of this because of President Trump had to end at some point. I get that. Uh, is it going to be a similar type of uh, of effort on 
uh, by the quartet to get uh, both Israel and the PA, I guess it's the PA representing the other side, uh, to the table? There will be a push to, to try and reinvigorate it, but the conditions have not changed. That And, and the people understand that there's no immediate path to, to change. First of all, the PA is going to, to an election. Uh, we don't know yet what Abbas is going to do. We don't know whether it'll actually happen. This is the, they're in their 17th year of a four-year term, and uh, you know there were times in the past when they were said and scheduled elections and they did not take place. So that's one thing that preoccupies them, and usually they they play a harder line during that time. Second. They, uh, the changes that have taken place in the region, especially the Abraham Accords, have created a whole new circumstance. And you see that the countries are not backing away from it. I hope that the United States will live up to the agreements and not reverse on the Western Sahara or the sales to UAE or arms sales and some of the other uh, arrangements that were made uh, to, uh, that would undermine uh, the progress and the direction Kosovo's this week uh, signed a deal to move their embassy to Jerusalem. They adopted the IRA definition, although it's a very small place and it's a, a million one hundred thousand people. Mm. It is a Muslim majority country, and uh, very excited about their new, this uh, progress and, and and the signing of this deal, which they've sought for years. Uh, so the, the the PA has to go through really revolutionary change, which nobody sees in the offing. We don't see anybody who's rallying the troops against uh, Abbas. And if Abbas runs, the, the likelihood is either Hamas wins, which Jordan and Egypt this week expressed a lot of concern about, or that Abbas wins and you continue the corruption and all of the you know uh, uh, kleptocracy <laughs> that has alienated not only Israel but many most of the Arab countries. They cut the aid this year by 80% to the PA. And the PA doesn't, you know, shrugs it off because, of course, and then they blame Israel for, for whatever problems they, they encounter when it's really completely unrelated to Israel. It's what their own behavior and uh, misdeeds brought on. So the PA is is um, now in a very um, interesting state, but the, the fact that the State Department said we're going to renew the aid, uh, they haven't said how much, they haven't said what the conditions would be. Hopefully there will be uh, pressure with it to to um, see re- real reforms and real changes, uh, but that only, we'll only know down the road. I'm laughing only because of what you, the the first part of what you said and uh, and reiterated as you, uh, <laughs> as you presented on this. I mean, with that in mind, can't the Secretary General, you know, uh, um, project an attitude of let's wait and see with all the, you know how many factors you just went through in terms of, you know, what needs to be in place in order for a real Israel-Arab, you know, peace negotiation to restart. And and most of it, of course, if not all of it, is on their side, is on the other side. But th- that's never the attitude of let's wait and see and let's, you know, let's set things up for success in the future. It's let's get back to the table, ASAP. Well, we saw in the, in the last few years that that progress was made without the PA, and the PA stuck in its position. The economic conditions there worsen. Young people, more than two-thirds, want to leave. Uh, they, they are unhappy with the situation. The crackdown then takes place by the security forces against any manifestation of opposition. Wow. And they, you know, even when candidates like Dahlan arise, they threaten him, and he... 
Uh, I don't think he can still go to the West Bank, and he's, he's, he's subject to arrest. They did try him in absentia, so they probably put him in jail. Uh, and there's no one else emerging. And Abbas, you know, is, I think, 85. Yeah. And so, you know, it's ridiculous to think that there's anything that's going to inspire change or that they're going to have the courage to take on their textbooks so that they will do anything uh, in a meaningful way. And then, of course, they'll just blame Netanyahu. And that gets echoed then automatically without people checking what are the facts on the ground, what, are, what do people really think. And the um, you know there is still opposition to normalization, but the numbers are increasing all the time. The opposition is being um, diminished, at least as they experience it and as they see it. Except in UAE, where there is a very positive reaction. Uh, in Saudi Arabia, there's still a majority that that doesn't want normalization, and it's true in many other countries. Uh, and so it'll be going slow. But the PA then puts the obstacles because they want to break this momentum. Is he a brilliant politician, or meaning Abbas, or is he just a great dictator that he stayed in power so long? Well, you can just be brutal and right. eliminate the opposition. He's a great dictator. And, and uh, yeah, it certainly hasn't created a democratic institution. He made the, the National Council, all those things, not elected for right. all these years. They have no power, and anybody who rises or anything that comes up, people don't know how, how brutal the Palestinian Authority the police are internally. You know, they diminished cooperation with Israel, although there were there was some more lately, but because it's in their interest. I mean, this is an opposition to them and threatens their security as well. By the way, I don't know. I mean, this could be that I just didn't notice it before and that it's always happening, but I saw I saw last night an ad on TV for Saudi Arabia to travel there. I mean, you yeah. would you would think it's the most beautiful country in the world, which is fine. I mean, every country has a right to you know highlight what what you know what what their Department of Tourism feels is important to highlight. But if this is an effort now to open up to the world, then this really is going in the direction of the UAE. Hopefully, I mean, if that's a sign, I mean, wouldn't you think that that's a sign to the Western world to try to encourage you know tourists from here to get to Saudi Arabia? They've done this for for years. Yeah. They've had the uh, ads for come and visit Saudi Arabia. They uh, and and it is part of the process of opening up that uh, Crown Prince has, has initiated and highlighting some of the tourist sites and and not just the religious tourist sites. You know they have a big influx of people who come uh, Muslims on the Hajj to come to Mecca and Medina. But this is a, a, an attempt to build up other. Uh, tourism, especially Western tourism, and to, to it also helps in their image and in people, you know, seeing Saudi Arabia in a different light. That think it's all sand and a few high-rise buildings. It's actually right. A lot of things. <laughs> I, see. I said to Stacy, "This place looks great. Like it just looked so beautiful." Well, I tell you, we were there, and and there is a lot to see. It's. Um, you know, and a, and a lot will develop. The hotels there are right. really first class. Pesach in Saudi Arabia, just not this year. Um, this this Iranian diplomat who was uh, arrested because of the threatened uh, or 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 um, they discovered that he wanted to bomb this opposition rally in France. I, I'm telling you, and I always say this to you, and I think you always agree, I don't even know there are opposition rallies going on around the world against Iran. The media never tells us, and specifically if they're in Iran itself, that certainly we don't know about it. But I didn't realize that there are other cities around the world where people gather to express opposition to the current Iranian government. 
So there is there are groups here, there are groups elsewhere of former residents of of Saudi, of uh, Iran. Uh, but first, let's talk about the internally. Inside uh, Iran, there are huge demonstrations. Last year, over 6,000, and it gets almost no coverage. Nothing. The bus drivers, for instance, went on strike against the government for weeks. And the, and the Basiji, the, the, the militia, the domestic militia, who are vicious, would go in and beat them up, and the people would throw them off the bus, not the driver, the uh, Basiji. Right. Um, and that's just one manifestation. The the on uh, universities, which are half empty anyway, but there are demonstrations all the time against the government, and they they do it demonstrably by throwing off the burqas, wearing Western clothes, listening to Western music, which most of which is banned anyway there. Then uh, and then you have the ethnic minorities, like the Azeris, are 30 million people. Half the population in Iran are not Farsi-speaking, not Iranian-speaking. These are Baluchis and, as I said, Azeris. And Azeris are right now in the focus because of the war in the Karabakh, where uh, Azerbaijan, obviously, with Iran, um, with the backing of Turkey and Israel's participation. But the the people in the Azeri districts really rose up, and it prevented, I think, Iran from coming in on the Armenian side. Here, you have uh, many intellectuals, Jewish and non-Jewish, who who uh, oppose the government. But in Europe, they are, are much more active, and they've been uh, the victims of assassinations, mm. uh, dissidents in in uh, against the Iranian government are kidnapped in France, in Germany, taken to Turkey, smuggled to Iran. Many, many cases, uh, and, and many time intellectuals, but others who, who were outspoken against the regime. And the governments of France and all these countries know it. Sometimes they, they express, you know, some mild criticism, but they don't hold this to account and say that these don't, things don't stop. We're, you know, when, it's a violation of their sovereignty. And yet it goes on continuously. The, uh, there, there is a rising opposition, and this is a big concern for the Iranian government as they face an election in a short time, and hardliners are winning. They're, they're all hardliner candidates, just some dress differently. And, you know, like uh, Zarif, put, they, they put on a smile, mm. but he's no different than Ahmadinejad, who's running again, by the way, too, or trying to resurrect his political career, uh, and Rouhani. Uh, you look at the statements that Rouhani made just this week against the United States, against the um, he does against Israel. You know, they launched a three-stage missile, which is named for Mohammed's grandson, uh, and it's capable of carrying a very a 500-pound load uh, satellite. But they didn't launch it with a satellite because their interest, and they're saying it's for scientific research. Their interest is in delivering, is moving towards a ballistic missile capacity. This one probably a 3,100-mile 3, range. So think of the circumference of 3,100 miles. Around Iran, you can understand how many people come under uh, uh, are under damage. And Rouhani said, "We're not going to make any adjustments to the JCPOA. No changes and no new countries." Because there was talk of UAE and, and Saudi Arabia being brought into the uh, into the into the process. They they have launched in Fordo and in Natanz all new cascades with the much more advanced. Um, centrifuges. I won't go into all the technicalities, but, but you know, Natanz is built underground. Fordo was supposed right. to have been destroyed. It means that they increased by 10 times their, the speed with which they can enrich uranium. And, and they've also developed this uh, uranium met, metal 
which is usually used in weapons production for a nuclear weapon. So, so many signs of the, and, and they openly boast of the fact that they're in violation by the amount of, that they are producing and increasing uh, the production of enriched uranium. It would take months to undo all of this. It's not something you could turn off tomorrow until mm-hmm. they dismantle the places, till they are able to, to uh, take the, the stockpiles of enriched uranium and either ship them out or dilute them or do other things. And we know that they're under tremendous pressure. You know, most of their submarines are in dry dock. They have this advanced fleet of submarines, and mostly because they can't get the parts or because it's too expensive to continue to, to float it. So it shows the sanctions are impacting, and we just have to do much more that doesn't diminish their interventions elsewhere. The, the Iraqi foreign minister was there this week, and uh, you know, Rouhani uh, talked about opposing any foreign intimidation, et cetera, meaning the United States, and still keep bringing up Soleimani and the revenge for Su- uh, Soleimani's uh, death. The U.S., in the meantime, took away our aircraft carrier group, the Nimitz, it's yeah, back to Washington. And the question is, will the Eisenhower go there, which is in, in headed to the Mediterranean? There are others in uh, the Pacific that could come, uh, another uh, uh, aircraft carrier. But the question is, how do the Iranians then look at this? Do they see this as a diminution of American interest or willingness to stand up? Do they? Is it just a normal rotation and they understand that? Or do the countries in the region say, hey, we're back to the period where America was withdrawing from its responsibilities or, or its uh, position, a diminution of it? There is, in fact, uh, there was a sense that there was a threat uh, against President Trump and again for revenge on Soleimani, and that's why we moved the aircraft carrier in there. We moved submarine groups, some of which is still there. Some of we still have capabilities there, but the aircraft carrier and the the whole group around it was a real sign of of power and of presence. All right, Malcolm, I thank you. Uh, just uh, on a very tight schedule this morning, but I must ask you. Um, um, you noted that uh, we lost uh, many rabbinic leaders this week, unfortunately. Uh, just a word about or by Dr. Torsky, uh, the courage and the uh, incredible foresight that he had to bring issues that uh, people wanted to uh, sweep under the rug to the attention of both the Jewish world and the world in general. His whole personal story is so remarkable. I had the privilege of meeting him and even appearing with him on the various platforms. He, uh, you know, his understanding of the world, but he, the fact that he had the credibility on both sides to be able to raise issues about addiction, about other things, and to, to put it on the agenda. And he leaves a legacy of, I think, 60 books uh, that people should still get because they're just as relevant as from the time they wrote them and, and makes it accessible. And the whole idea of understanding that the stigmas we attach sometimes to these diseases is inappropriate and how families should get treatment, and, and that it happens in every community and everywhere, but only awareness is a way to, to fight it and not resisting or rejecting the, the, even the notion of it. And I think he built that bridge and, and was able to be a courageous spokesman. And hopefully others will, will be able to carry that on. Great analysis. Malcolm, I thank you. Have a wonderful Shabbos, and we'll speak again next week. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, JM in the AM. Want to take this opportunity and wish a very happy milestone birthday. Not just a birthday, but a happy milestone birthday. How do you like that? Um, and, uh, and that goes to Moshe Arye Katzman. A happy 
18th milestone birthday to Moshe Aryeh Katzman from all of us here at JM in the AM. And best regards to your amazing parents, please, and your entire family. Friday morning, candle lighting 458 here in New York. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Yisro. Rosh Chodesh Adar. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh Adar tomorrow. Friday and Shabbos is Rosh Chodesh. Friday and Shabbos is Rosh Chodesh. This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Conge- spiritual leader emeritus, Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Yisro. Unbelievable. What an incredible schus. It is to read this parsha, because this parsha, while on the one hand, you can't say it's more important than any other, because every word and every letter in the Torah is precious, and without a single word that that might be missing in the Torah, we would respectfully put that Torah back into the Oran Kodesh, tie the gartel around it, and until it's fixed, we would not use it again. But what we find in Parshas Yisro is really the essence and the core of our religion. So much so that the way we introduce the Kiddush tonight, and we start the Kiddush every Friday night with the words, Vayichulu HaShemayim V'Oretz, the beginning of chapter 2 in Bereshis, that heaven and earth were finished, Minog Yisrael is that we precede it with the words Vayerev Vayivoker Yom Hashishi Others start from the very beginning of the Pasuk but certainly everybody begins with Vayerev Vayivoker Yom Hashishi If you note in chapter 1 in Bereshis every day is written in the Regular, Yom Echad, Yom Sheni, Rivi'i, Chamishi, without the hay. It's not the third day, it's day three. It's not the fifth day, it's day five. When it comes to Yom Hashishi, the hay, the Hayidiyah, the hay that is precedes the word six is clearly highlighted. And Rashi on this spot tells us two things. The hay is for the five books of Moshe, the five books of the Torah, teaching us that God made a tenai, a condition with creation, that if the Jewish people were and would accept the Torah, then this purpose and meaning, and there will be continuity for creation. And if not, chas v'shalom, there's no purpose for this world, and therefore creation and the world would come to a cease. And another explanation Rashi brings, Yom Hashishi, the sixth day, is referring to the sixth day of Sivan, the day we call Shavuos, the day we receive the Torah. Once again, if the Jewish people accept my Torah, there's a purpose for this world, and if not. I'd like to 
share a very significant insight into Matan Torah, something which we should realize happened then and hopefully learn a very powerful lesson for ourselves today. And that is as follows. In chapter 19, Pasuk 9, take a look. Hashem says to Moshe, what's going to be at the time of revelation? Behold, I will come to you, Moshe, in the thickness of a cloud, in order, that the people will hear when I speak with you, and as a result, they will forever believe in you, as indeed it is today, Moshe Rabbeinu, Torah Tzivolonu Moshe. Moshe commanded us 611 mitzvot. The first two of the Ten Commandments we heard from HaKadosh Baruch Hu B'chvodo Uva'atzmo. Now, this is what Hashem says to Moshe, and Moshe goes and tells this to the people. The Pasuk ends, Vayaged Moshe, Estevreyo'am El Hashem. Moshe then, brings the response of the people to Hashem. Now the Torah doesn't tell us what the response of the people was. But Moshe Rabbeinu, what did he hear from the people? Rashi HaKadosh tells us on the words, says Rashi, I heard an answer, says Moshe, back to Hashem. Sheritzonam l'shmoa mimcha. They don't want to be spectators. They don't want to simply watch and hear that you, Hashem, speaks to me. But rather, they want to hear it straight from you. Ain't a dome you can't compare. Hashomeyah someone who hears from an emissary, from the messenger, which is Moshe, Lishomeyah from someone who hears it directly from the king. Ritzonenu lir'os esmalkenu. The people said, we want to see Hashem. Ah, if that's the case, now the sequence of events in the psukim makes much more sense. Look at verse 11. Vayomer Hashem Moshe. Then Hashem says, okay, if this is what they want, if they don't want plan A, that they're going to be spectators, if they want plan B, that they are going to be participants, ooh, then tell them, they are to sanctify themselves. They have to go to mikvah. Why? Because it's not just Moshe that is going to receive prophecy and revelation from Hashem, but the entire nation of Israel is going to receive prophecy. And indeed, if you go to Devarim in chapter 4 and 5, where you have the introduction and the Aseris Adibros repeated again, if you take a look at Devarim, verse chapter 4, Pasuk 32, should you ask and investigate about early history, 
that came before you from the day that Hashem created the world and put man in this world from one end of the heaven till the ever. Haniyah, kadavor agadol hazeh, was there ever such a phenomena? O anishma was it ever heard again? Meaning, has any nation, has any religion ever claimed what Am Yisrael claims, which is Hashama Am Kol Elokim Midaber Mitocha Eish, that the entire nation heard God speak, meaning every other religion, they claim that their prophet spoke to God. Did he? Did he not? I don't know. And you know something? I don't care. If he did, you've got to take his word for it. We don't take Moshe's word for it. That's a, exactly what the Rambam writes explicitly. And if I have time, I'll go back to it in chapter 8 of Hilchos Yisodea Torah. We don't take Moshe's word for it. We were there. We heard. We were participants. Now watch. Listen to the next passage. Hashoma'am. Has any people heard Kol Elokim? The, the voice of God, midaber mitocha esh, and go to the beginning of Perik Hey, in Parshas Eschanan. and what does it say in Pasuk Dalid? Ponim b'fonim diber Hashem imochem. What level of prophecy did Bnei Yisrael, two million persons plus, receive at Sinai? We know. From Parshas Ba'aloscha, where the Torah tells us the difference between the Nevuah of all prophets and the Nevuah of Moshe Rabbeinu. In chapter 12, verse 6, what does the Torah say? Hashem speaking to Aaron and Miriam and all other prophets. If all other prophets experience prophecy when they do, it's Bamare a love esvador, Bachalom Adabermo. Hashem speaks to them in a vision. Avram Avinu received the order to go to the Akeda in a dream. That's correct. And obviously he was so sure, not ninety-nine point ninety-nine, a hundred percent but yet he was not awake. When Bnei Yisrael received the prophecy at Sinai, they were awake, says the Sapurno on this verse, Ponim Bifonim. Incredible, the level of Nevuah that we received at this time. Unbelievable. So now, what is the very important lesson that all of us are to learn from Maimar Har Sinai? The first thing is that we believe, and let me read just a little bit to you from that chapter 8 of Hilchos Yesodia Torah of the Rambam. Moshe Rabbeinu writes, Lo minu bo Yisrael It's not any of the miraculous actions and signs that Moshe brought that he's able to change water to blood or anything else, or even splitting of the Red Sea. Amazing. But I skipped down four lines. Where is it that it's Moshe Rabbeinu and that we believe in Moshe? 
till this very day, says the Rambam, Bimaimar Har Sinai, that which we're going to read tomorrow, and that which we stand for, not because this is more important, because every word of Torah is important, and the Rambam, who had a strong advocate for not standing for the Aserasa Dibros, lest people think it's more important, we stand at tomorrow to recall that they stood at Sinai. But the Rambam writes, we believe in Moshe because of Maimon Har Sinai, She'in Yano Ra'u Lozar. They saw themselves, Oznenu Shomu we heard with our own ears that what Ha'esh Kolos Lapidim, we saw the fire, the thunder. Vahuni Gash Elo Ophel, Arafel, and Moshe went into the cloud. Now that's a very significant point. The idea is, first of all, let's understand that this was a personal relationship that each individual at Sinai received prophecy. What does prophecy mean? God speaks to man. Let me tell you, my friends, every time you sit down to study, you open up a Chumash to learn Chumash and Rashi. You open up a Mishnah. You open up a Gemara. You open up a Sefer of Tanakh. Whenever you sit down to learn Torah, understand, pause for one moment and say to yourself, Shalom Aleichem, the privilege I have to study with Hashem. Every morning we make the bracha, Birkas HaTorah, Baruch HaTor Hashem, HaMalamid Torah La'amo Yisrael, that He, Hashem, takes the time to study with each and every one of us. Amazing. When we study Torah, He is talking to us. When we daven, we have a relationship with Him. We speak to Him. As He spoke to us at Sinai, we realize that it's a two-way street. Before you start davening Yishmona Esrei, stop for a moment and say to yourself, what a privilege I have to have a personal relationship with Hashem, that I could talk to Him. But now, I think, one additional point. Hinei Anochi Boi Lecho Hashem says to Moshe, I'm coming to you, Ba'av Anon, in the thickness of the cloud. My friends, what is a cloud? A cloud is something that is not clear. One would have expected, my goodness, what would have been the visibility at Sinai, a perfectly sunny day where you'd be able to see everything. And God is showing Moshe, and Hashem is teaching all of us that initially there is a cloud. And what is the essence of this cloud? The cloud is a challenge. A cloud is something which presents a little bit of difficulty, a little bit of something which is going to be harder. And it's only when man realizes that I can do it, 
and I'm faced with a challenge. I might not understand it right away, but I can do it. That we learn from Rabbi Kiva, who until he was 40, he was not able to study Torah and didn't know olive base. We learn from Rabbi Eliezer Godol, who was the son of a very wealthy man. But when he was 28, he realized the frustration that riches did not give him satisfaction in life and he wanted to learn Torah and he cried to learn Torah and his father said come on I need you in my business and so at nighttime Eliyahu came and said to him go to Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai and he will teach you Torah and guess what the rest is history and he became the great Tana. Each and every one of us can do it. Just realize that initially there might be that av onan. There might be the challenges. But as we, as they, so too can each and every one of us. Sinai was a personalized experience. And so too each and every one of us. A proud Jew can take that Misora one step further and actualize it. When you study Torah, Hashem talks to you. And when you daven, you are talking to Him. Shabbat Shalom to all.
JM in the AM, Friday morning era of Shabbos. Yoni Stern with uh, Tzor Michelo here at JM in the AM. Feel free to comment on the app all day long. NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone. Um, <laughs> Braves, I saw your comment. That's very funny. Braves is a comment on the app. Uh, M.Y. Appel writes, it's the first Shabbat of eight on which Avarachim is omitted. Interesting. Rabbi Heber is scheduled to join us before Parshas Mishpatim because of the three Torahs next week. Try to bring that up to him in terms of the Avarachamim. He has a he's a little bit on a sketchy schedule right now. A um, couple of things happening that uh, are affecting whether he'll be able to join us. So we'll see what happens. But hopefully he'll be able to join us next week. Bezrat Hashem. Fifth annual worldwide Project Witness Holocaust Conference: Plunder and Profit happens on the 14th and 15th of February, including the international experts and the special documentary on the 15th, appropriate for both adults and teens. Register by going to projectwitness.org. It's a free registration. Again, projectwitness.org. Kosher Halftime Show happening this coming Sunday. Big thank you to all of our sponsors. Our presenting sponsor, of course, a Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com. Thank all of our commercial sponsors, Steinreich Communications, Kosher.com, Turo and Lander Colleges, Hask, a time for music 34, same mazeltov.com. Big thank you to all of them from all of us here at JM and the AM. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Deli is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. And earlier in the show, Ruvain Brick sent me a, I guess it was what I was talking about, how I bought a massive A&H salami yesterday at Aaron's Casino Farms, getting ready for Sunday's Super Bowl. So Ruvain says he was in Evergreen in Muncie last night, and the guy in front of him had eight, eight, eight packages of A&H sausages in his cart. Now that's getting ready for a Super Bowl celebration. Eight packages in his cart. That's pretty cool. Our friends at Turo College remind you that this coming Sunday, Turo has a special shear given by Harav Hagon, Harav Usher Weiss, Offering halachic guidance and words of inspiration for medical and health professionals. Pre-med and pre-health students are welcome. CME credits available. Register for the program at turo.edu slash ravweiss. Turo.edu slash ravweiss. I want to remind everybody, Purim is three weeks from today. I know, it's hard to believe. Purim is three weeks from today. And on Tanis Esther, we usually do it on uh, Shushan Purim, but this year Shushan Purim is Shabbos. On Tanis Esther, we're going to be um, uh, announcing the winner of the NCSY Summer Raffle. F- first prize, of course, is the free NCSY Summer Program. You can go to the website, summer.ncsy.org, get your raffle tickets. Again, the drawing's going to be held, Tanis Esther, February the 25th here on NSN. Uh, but again, you can go now, NCSY, so, uh, Summer NCSY website, get those raffle tickets and uh, have your chance to win, which will be pretty cool. Uh, don't miss the fifth. Oh, I was uh, I was reminding you about the um, the Hess concert on the night of February the fourteenth, which is a week from Sunday. The night begins at five p.m. I have the honor of hosting a time for memories. It is called a time for memories. We look back at thirty-four years of the Hess concert. Then at seven p.m., it's a time for music number thirty-four. Time for music number thirty-four, produced of course by uh, Ellie Gerstner. And then this is we. This is we, mid-concert, mid-A Time for Music number 34. This is we, Shalom Lemmer, Ellie Schwabel, a very special and moving presentation 
uh, which is being touted as a show of its own. That's how uh, powerful this thing is. Uh, so three parts to an amazing February the 14th with Hask. Make sure to register now so you have the free Hask concert in your home. And that is HaskConcert.com. Again, that's HaskConcert.com. And don't forget that our friends at Art Scroll continue until February the 10th with an amazing sale on Talmud and Mishnah. Talmud, Mishnah, Ein Yaakov, Tosfos, the Art Scroll iPad. Everything through February the 10th at 30% off. You can actually have that iPad for nine, excuse me, for seven ninety nine ninety nine, And it has everything in it. Talmud, Mishnah, Sidurim, Mishil Shisharim, it has everything in there. It's the Art Scroll Digital Library, all included. Seven ninety nine ninety nine with a magnificent leather cover. It's usually fifteen hundred bucks. If you know somebody that wants to have the world of the Talmud in their hand, literally, get them this gift. Go to artscroll.com, use promo code radio. Go to artscroll.com, always use promo code radio. The seventy three volume hardcover sets of Talmud, nine hundred dollars off. They've got the slipcase sets, the Mishnais of all sizes, the Talmud. Dafyomi size, every the Yerushalmi is on sale. It's all there. Check it out. Go to artscroll.com. Always use promo code radio. Simple as that. More coming up. You're listening to a Friday morning Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM. your soul for Shamar and Zahor. All we have is from the one above. Give them to us.
Friday morning air of Shabbos, Avi Krauss and Nisan Black, of course, the best of all days in reference to Shabbos, as you would suspect. I want to remind everybody as we get closer and closer to Adar, you know what the folks at Partners in Torah are doing. They have a happiness challenge. Well, Ben Trosh Adar tomorrow, consider becoming a mentor with Partners in Torah, but only for three weeks. Try it for three weeks with the happiness challenge. And see how it goes. I know a lot of people in this audience have always considered becoming a partner, a mentor in Partners in Torah, and then, I don't know, it just didn't work out. How about how about now as an opportunity? Three weeks, the happiness challenge. Go to partnersintorah.org slash happiness dash mentor. Partnersintorah.org slash happiness dash mentor. Check it out. Maybe it'll strike your fancy and change your life and change someone else's life, frankly. Partnersintorah.org slash happiness dash mentor coming up 10 a.m eastern time just an hour from now the Arab shabbos show for parshas yisro brought to you by the wonderful people at kedem hosted by mark zamek all day long Arab shabbos music mix brought to you by the wonderful people at kedem final hour which will begin about 4 p.m today final hour uh hosted by uh, mark zamek and brought to you by the wonderful people at kedem they've got you covered all day long uh, our friends at kedem and we thank them and thank them and thank them tomorrow night saturday night seagull with uh avrami and rabbi eliezer zwickler sunday morning it's matis 7 a.m sunday morning um and monday of course we're here at jm the don't forget the kosher halftime show it becomes live 8 p.m eastern time this coming sunday night the eighth annual Kosher Halftime Show starring 8th Day and, of course, brought to you by the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com. Rothenberg Law Firm, we say thank you to the folks at the Rothenberg family, InjuryLawyer.com, for information about their work. Time to say good Shabbos on this Shabbos Mevarachim at JM in the AM.
brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network. And, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing and incredible Friday morning era of Shabbos here at JM in the AM. Plenty coming up. Wonderful music all day long. 10 a.m. for the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos show with Mark Zamek. Kedem presents the Arab Shabbos music mix all day long. Kedem presents our final hour at 4 p.m. Eastern time today. Make sure to be tuned in, everybody. Have a wonderful Shabbos Mavarachim as Rosh Chodesh Adar quickly approaches and this first anniversary of COVID quickly approaches. Let's hope we see drastic improvement in everyone's lives very, very soon and pray for those who are ill on this uh, Shabbos Mavarachim. Have a... Uh, Wonderful Shabbos, great weekend, kosher halftime show presented by the Rothenberg Law Firm, 8 p.m. this coming Sunday night. Make sure to watch and enjoy. Till uh, Monday, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future. <laughs> <laughs>